Good afternoon and welcome to the MoneyWeb at Midday Show on Monday. Uh, great to be back after the weekend and uh, quite a lot going on in the show today. In just a few minutes we're going to be speaking to Leon Koch, the Group FD for Redefine uh, International. They uh, del- Redefine rather. They, def- they uh, announced uh, um, results today that saw uh, a 5.5% increase in distribution per share for the six months ending February 2018. Uh, we'll be getting his thoughts on the results. And then uh, following that, we'll be talking to David Shapiro from Sassfin Wealth, getting his reaction to the U.S. Uh, unemployment figures that were posted on Friday, as well as the thoughts of Warren Buffett uh, following the uh, Berkshire Hathaway meeting over the weekend, which he uh, participated in by streaming. Uh, so that's uh, what's coming up in the show. Uh, remember that the show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor-based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za. You're back with the MoneyWeb at Midday Show, two minutes past 12. Today, Redefine announced interim results, which saw a 5.5% increase in distributions uh, for the period to 47.3 cents. Uh, and joining me now on the phone to discuss uh, the results as well as uh, what other investments the company has been making over the period is its uh, financial director, Leon Koch. Uh, Leon, good to speak to you today. Afternoon, Warren. How are you? Very good, thanks. Um, so, just get us, give us your reaction there to uh, the results, uh, uh, Leon. Obviously, a five point five percent increase in distributions, probably in line with inflation. Just uh, give us your thoughts on on what uh, what you delivered this morning. Yes, you're quite right, Warren. It is in line with inflation. I think also largely in line with market expectations. The guidance we gave at the beginning of the year was a distribution per share growth between five and six percent. So, so we delivered uh, on on that uh, indication. It has been a, a fairly challenging last six months, I must say. And obviously, the, the positive sentiment that we're experiencing of late, particularly since the beginning of the year, when uh, Cyril Ramaphosa was elected the, the new president of the ruling party as well as the country, um, we all welcome. But we must bear in mind that uh, that only happened recently. And for us to really start having a, a fundamental impact on property fundamentals in particular, we need a prolonged period of, of business confidence and consumer confidence to, to support that. So we were very happy with the, with the results. It was a very challenging period. It continues to be a tenant market in that um, there's an ample supply and um, not such great demand. So the results is largely met expectations. We've, uh, we certainly have been quite busy over the last while. We've uh, embarked on a number of acquisitions as well as development activities. Our local portfolio um, development is 5.9 billion rand on right. project work in progress. And on the international front, we've continued with our expansion into Poland with the acquisition of a portfolio called Chariot, which is a 28 uh, well-located retail property, which is spread throughout Poland, which we acquired in January of this year. Okay, so that Chariot Top Group, you've taken an initial 25% stake, is that right, for, for uh, 908 million rand? That is correct. Um, when you say initial, we intend to keep it at that level. And obviously that uh, portfolio does present us with some asset management opportunities and expansion to particularly um, improve those those uh, properties that, that is contained within the portfolio. Okay, so just to, just to get you there correctly, you said you don't intend to uh, up that stake anytime soon. No, no, not at all. So, so that is a 
the stake that we we that we invested in, in partnership with with two international co investors, and uh, we would not look to increase our stake in that portfolio. Okay. Uh, any any particular reason there, Leon? Um, I know that you you obviously exercise control over most of uh, the properties in your portfolios. Is this just uh, prudence on your part? Correct. So not really. Look, it was uh, was quite an opportunistic acquisition. We okay. saw great value in, in in these properties, and in particular, given the strategic value that that it could have to our other associate called EPP. Unfortunately, this transaction was too large for EPP to participate in uh, initially. So our participation purely in this in, in this portfolio was to enable in future EPP to benefit from those properties. It will over a period of uh, in three tranches being disposed to EPP. Um, those assets that they have earmarked that will, will um, complement their portfolio. Um, so simply our, our participation in this was to enable the larger transaction of EPP benefiting as and when those properties become available for disposal. So for, for us, it's just a short-term um, investment. We see that we will exit that over a period of three or four years. So it's not that we want to stop investing in Poland, but this, this unique opportunity in itself was a wonderful opportunity that was just there to enable the EPP transaction. Okay, great. And then obviously subsequent to reporting period, you announced that uh, you'd entered into agreements to sell 19.5% of your stake in Cromwell for $3.7 billion, and its equity interest in directly held North Point for $1.6 billion, with the proceeds expected to be received this month, presumably uh, May, subject to the approval of the Australian Foreign Investment Review. So you've uh, made a decision to exit there. Just give us the reasons for that. That's correct. So Redefine always actively look at its uh, assets under management and we continuously reassess the uh, investment strategy around that. Now, particularly with Cromwell, it's a particularly well-run business. But from an income growth point of view, it has been fairly pedestrian over the last two to years. So we certainly believe that uh, we can redeploy that capital elsewhere for, for more productive use and can certainly enable us to, to, to grow our own ambitions from an income perspective. And similarly with uh, with North Point, um, it is uh, we, we've experienced a, a fantastic capital uplift. So it is a, it's a very attractive opportunity to to recycle that asset with uh, with a nice capital uplift. And it will allow us to bolster bolster local liquidity and use that proceeds to firstly strengthen our balance sheet, but also redeploy elsewhere where we can see better growth prospects. Okay, great. And then uh, just a very interesting change here. Mark Wayne is going to be coming effectively relinquishing his role as chairman to become uh, or resume uh, being an executive director of the company. Quite right. In the current climate, obviously, it's always a, a strong focus on improving our governance practices. Now, that is an aspect that uh, we have been criticized for in the past, having an executive chairman, even though that, uh, that uh, appointment or Mark's appointment to executive chairman was always for a specific reason, just to oversee a smooth transition to undercoating as a CEO. So Mark is confident that uh, his team is, is in place and that we've proven our ability. And in the interest of good governance, uh, we will now start looking for a uh, independent non-executive board member that can ultimately assume the non-executive chair position come November. Okay, great. Uh, just a last question, Leon, just the guidance that you're providing uh, for the full year. Um, we, we certainly forecast that we will produce dividends per share on a similar growth basis than we've done for the first six months. So okay. we're looking at the 5.5%, so between 5 to 6% of mainly maintaining that guidance for the full year. All right, great. Uh, thank you, uh, Leon, for, for your time. And obviously, we look forward to speaking to you uh, upon the publication of your full year results.
Thanks, Warren. Thanks for your time. That was Leon Koch, the Financial Director of Redefined Properties. All right, it's now time to have a look at the markets. The JC All Share up uh, roughly two thirds of a percent today at 58,003 points. Uh, and with the exception of gold mining that slipped nearly 2%, industrials are up nearly half a percent, financials uh, over 1% higher, and resources almost two thirds uh, of a percentage stronger. Uh, behind the uh, NASPERS is the most traded share on the day, a new, a fairly newcomer, a cash build, it looks like. Uh, the second most traded share on the JSC. And uh, following that uh, employment figures report uh, in the US, the RAND is at 12.53 to the dollar. It's lost about one fifth of a percent. Uh, it's also lost a quarter of a percent against the pound, where it's at 16.95. And against the euro, uh, marginal gains to trade at 14.94. Gold at $1,313 an ounce. Platinum and palladium having uh, good days. Platinum. Uh, trading at 915 and palladium at $979 an ounce. Uh, but really, to get some perspective on what happened on Friday with the U.S. Uh, unemployment figures, I have David Shapiro uh, from Sassfin Wealth on the phone. Uh, good afternoon, David. Afternoon, Warren. Uh, you've had a very interesting weekend, but uh, just give us your perspective. A <laughs> uh, little slightly uh, disappointing unemployment figures out of the U.S., but it did dip below 4%, which makes it uh, one of the best periods uh, in in the country's um, recent economic past. Yeah, look, you know, you've got 164,000 jobs. There's still 164,000 jobs. It's a lot of new jobs that have been uh, created. And I still think the American economy is on, you know, an upward drive. I think the fact that the unemployment rate is below 4% just gives you an idea of how well that economy is performing. I think what really drove the market up on Friday was the news that Warren Buffett had uh, purchased more um, Apple shares. And that got people thinking about Apple, and Apple is, uh, was very strong. And when you get a move, which is the largest company uh, quoted in the U.S., you know, when that share moves up like 3 4%, it has an enormous impact on the sentiment uh, of, first of all, tech shares and also generally uh, on the market. So I think interesting that it came from there. But today we're getting a kick up in the oil price and it's also geopolitical uh, around um, you know, the future relationship, the, the contract uh, with the U.S. and Iran, whether they're going to honor it or whether they're going to cancel it. So oil prices have now kicked up to the highest level in about four years and that's also having some influence. Um, on on market. That's why the platinum price is up. But oddly, um, the dollar is still holding its own. And the rand, if you're rand holding up, because you know emerging currencies of emerging market currencies have come under a lot of pressure with uh, with, with with Argentina trying to um, trying to defend their currency, and that's created quite uh, a lot of volatility in in markets. So. Uh, we've held up because uh, generally emerging market currencies have come under pressure. But I think we've done our bit for the meantime. We've weakened, so I'm not sure we're going to weaken more from here. So a lot of little things that, that are uh, kind of influencing the market at the moment. But at least we're pointing in the right direction. Right. Okay. Uh, talking about that insight that you got from Buffett uh, buying shares, you were at the Berkshire Hathaway uh, conference in Omaha uh, over the weekend. Is that right? No, no, I wasn't there. I was watching it streamed, but I have been there many times. 
And to be honest, it's much more comfortable streaming it uh, in your uh, study or at a desk than actually going to Omaha and sitting in the cold hall for, for six hours. Uh, and I found that it's uh, much cheaper, much better just to actually stream it. But you get full benefit. Uh, you don't see, you're not, you're not there to taste these goodies, you know, you see candies or buy diamonds from uh, Borsheim's or anything like that, but I can do without that. And what do I have to slip out of the world? But a lot, a lot of from it. I found it a particularly interesting one. They were on full form. Uh, Warren going to turn 88, and I think Charlie is 94, and for people of that age, uh, they're, they're lucid, they're funny, they're uh, remarkable, and they give you a lot of information. I must, I must just once say one thing, and, and because we did bring up Apple. One thing that uh, Warren Buffett said about Apple is that uh, he believes, and listen to this, that it's trading below what I would believe is his intrinsic value. The, you know, the intrinsic value of the company. Now, he works it out himself. So he says, you know, they're selling for less than they're worth. He bought more shares. Also, they have massive amounts of cash and therefore uh, can't really buy anything that's going to be accretive. So he's quite happy with them buying back their shares. You know, they're going to put $100 billion into the market to buy back their shares. And uh, he endorsed it simply that it's trading at, uh, at a level that's less than it's worth. So an endorsement from Mr. Buffett. But overall, uh, you know, he pushes Warren. The, the big story that he pushes is productive assets, assets that produce things, that make things. You know, he's anti-gold. He's anti-cryptocurrencies. Uh, I don't think we've got time to go into those arguments. But uh, he does, you know, he says there are three ounces of gold. If you bought it now, it would be still three ounces of gold in, in, in 20, 30 years' time. Whereas a farm or a factory or a business, you know, transforms itself, it continues to make things, and that, and that's very much his theme uh, along the way. You know, buy productive assets. You know, your your yields are going to be significantly more than uh, a non-productive asset like uh, like gold and so on. Not good for the gold bulls. Right. Uh, I'm just intrigued to to understand how the portfolios that he's farmed off to his two investment managers is performing. Did was there any insight as to how they're doing versus the S and P? He won't. He won't disclose it. Someone actually asked him that question, and he won't disclose it. You see the overall portfolios uh, uh, generally. Um, he's transformed it was also interesting because he mentioned uh, you know how they've transformed the company over the 50 years much more into buying into sustainable businesses but if you go through his portfolio which I did do um, not everything's done greatly huh? you know there's still a lot that have underperformed he's done very well on some of these big holdings um, like Visa and so on um, on the other hand uh, American Express. I think I think the airlines that he bought uh, haven't done well. Apple's done pretty well on that. So he's had a kind of mixed performance on that. But I think the wealth lies in his operating business. He's gone into you know he's bought much. He, he's much more involved in huge industries today, in the insurance industries, in utilities, in railroads, and so on. So the wealth lies in it's 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 more a private equity business now than uh, a stock holding company. Right, and uh, David, just on that uh, last question, but uh, I mean the company's so big now that for him to do mm. an acquisition, I mean he, he's literally looking at some of just the biggest uh, firms <laughs> in the U.S. and uh, and Europe. I mean, uh, exactly. I, I don't think he's wandered much into China, uh, with the exception of BYD, which is the electronic electric car yeah. manufacturer. 
you've touched on a very interesting. That was, there were a lot of top there. It was a big discussion around exactly what you've said. You see, they, they are so big now. When he was asked about emerging markets, he said, we can't go in. First of all, he said, this is also very relevant. He said, if I can't find it in Europe, sorry, if I can't find it, I think he said the UK, but also probably Europe. If he can't find it there, if he can't find it in Canada, if he can't find it in the US, why would he find it in an emerging market? He also mentioned it's size, not geography, meaning that you can't get these bulky companies. So what, what he's hinting at is that you're not going to find an Apple or an Amazon there, although Charlie would disagree. Charlie Munger, his, you know, his business partner, would disagree. Charlie is very much into China and believes that uh, you're ignoring uh, a massive market, a massive growth market there. So Charlie is much more open-minded to, to go in into, into China and the growth that we're, uh, we're seeing there, Warren. He also mentions, Warren Buffett says, that it's too far out for American investors. You know, they don't, they don't understand the culture, they don't understand the businesses, and it's probably why um, they avoid it. But uh, it, it was interesting, his view on emerging markets, that they're far too small for him, you know, for the size of businesses that he has. He sees very good businesses there, but not one that he could actually get or not kind of companies he could get his teeth into. Okay, very interesting, uh, David. I'm going to make a note to stream that next year because I was, uh, I'd, I'd heard it was there was there was streaming, but uh, and I think we actually did it uh, last year, but I just uh, I didn't make the time to do a it. A lot so of dedication, Warren. You got to sit there for six hours. <laughs> but, uh, but it's but still it's still it's spellbinding. It's, it's uh, still very interesting, it's right? Very nice. Okay, great. Well, Dave, David, always good talking, and I'm sure we'll be catching up uh, soon. Thank you. Okay, Warren. Cheers. All right. That was David Shapiro uh, from Sesfin Wealth. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numerology studies tell us that numbers have symbolic meaning. Number eight stands for success, four is stability, and three represents advantage. These qualities, over and above trust, ethics and leadership, are embraced by CASA, the leading accounting, auditing and tax business designation underpinned by ethical standards, delivering responsible business leadership to take your business to number one. Because business is more than just numbers. CASA, leaders in business. And that brings us to the end of another MoneyWeb at Midday show. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow. Cheers for now. 